Welcome to Finding Fit, a podcast by three best friends and business partners. We're holding nothing back, and we apologize in advance. I'm your host, Angela Beeler. And I'm your host, Katherine Ballas. And I'm your host, Emily Field. So grab a cup of coffee, take a shot of whiskey, or pour your favorite glass of Prosecco. And join us for a conversation about finding your place in this crazy world. And this. Is finding fit. <laughs> that was good. That was a hundred percent improvement, even though it was still wrong. Well, and this really probably I mean, unless this is gonna be three episodes. It could be. It could be. Never we could know. break it up. Okay. But I'd like to like have a cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You for know, sure. and for me to not just like enter into um, yeah. 55 minute <laughs> session <laughs> therapy so, with emily <laughs> let's 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 go 15 do you 15 want, do you want to i mean i like the idea of all talking <laughs> okay i just want to ask you that first before it's yeah. a move. are you nervous about going first I would mean, you rather start with a more complicated um therapy session we could also just talk <clears> about myself Jeff- jeffrey dahmer the whole time it's also no it's no also- also, Emily, if, if, if it helps, if you want to ask me any personal questions that would make this easier for you, that's something I always offer my clients, full disclosure mm. with anything, because if I'm going to ask you intrusive questions, I only think that's fair. Yeah. So if there's anything that would make that easier. And, and another thing, too, that I run into, just to be honest, is sometimes um, with different gender stuff, sometimes people have a hard time communicating mm-hmm. with different gender if there's been anything in the past. I'm not assuming anything on like that, but it's something that I always bring up because there can be a little bit of a, a difficulty with that and that's mm-hmm. okay. And mm-hmm. that's even important if you're looking for a therapist for yourself or anything like that, who do you want to go to? Like if, if you feel more comfortable with female, male, whatever it might be to know that because mm-hmm. that can really impact what's going on. Yeah. So yeah. I appreciate that. I can totally self-disclose and that's totally fine with me. Yeah. That, Emily, I can go first. Well, I have some questions that I think could be, um, uh, it's not hypothetical because it is about my life, but I want to ask you some questions because I do feel like I'm pretty self-aware. Like I can raise my hand and say, that, yep, I just identified with that. I'm not sure what to do with that, but mm-hmm. I at least can acknowledge that it is factual and it does apply to my life. So why don't, why don't, you, let, why don't you let him lead? Just try it. She was going to have questions. I know, but this is how how we can enter into conversation. Then he can ask me whatever questions he wants. And so so, remember how I mentioned the processing piece earlier? mm -hmm. So right now I'm getting a little bit more of that auditory processing with you, maybe some visual stuff because you want to paint a picture so that I can understand where you're coming from. Hmm. And that's really healthy. Now, if we were in my office, I'd probably pull out like my whiteboard and we'd probably start working on stuff that way Mm -hmm. so that... That, that can be one thing with this. So yeah, if you need to help paint me a picture a little bit to help understand, that's that's totally fine. Okay. I really just wanted to find out a little bit more about chaos as like a preliminary starter. Um, okay. Because my life does feel chaotic to me. Okay. And it's not just a singular like, right now life is chaos. It's, and it's been painted as, well, during this season of life. But there was a season before that where it was chaotic. And then there was a season before that that it was chaotic. And it's now become um, a pattern. And what I don't know is, is it really the life around me that's chaotic? 
or am I seeking that out and making choices that are bringing chaos hmm. into my life? So when okay. you talked about that almost being like a hit of dopamine, like having a lot going on and having the challenge that up before you and having to like conquer it. power through yeah. it and arrive on top and push through so you can look back and be like, yeah, I did that. Is that actually like a form of addiction? Am, am hmm. I not addicted trying to, to fix it? Am I actually welcoming it? Hmm. Just, yeah. And how do I identify that? One, so here, here's my question, because you mentioned the word fix it, right? Mm -hmm. are, are you a fixer? Um, Did you jump in, volunteer for a lot of things, like try and get a lot of things done for other people? What do y'all think? Yes. I'm going to let you answer that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an example of, you know, what I think, I think, think, I think you, is what. I think, I think your role in your family is that. I think you're very optimistic, like, yes, I can, I can push through this. Yeah. Everything is fixable. Mm -hmm. so, for sure. so everything's fixable and, and I can also take on more and more. Mm -hmm. Is that what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So fixers are, are great people, right? And they hone in a really good skill and they can help a lot of people. However, fixers get torn to pieces because they can't fix everything all the time. And then we get spread too thin. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we might look at is like, okay, is there a boundary or is there like, a certain amount of people or kind of a, a limit of what we want to do with this because if we take on if we take on too many projects right well, like let's say in a day we're like i have an hour left in the day this is my only time for myself or i need to get something done someone's like well hey what about this and this can we do this and you're like sure i mean i've got an hour left we can do that right right it's probably too much mm -hmm. right? like and if it goes from one activity to another to another to another that's just a new stressor new stressor new stressor mm -hmm. so could we do that maybe once or twice a week? Maybe, but it shouldn't be the norm on the day to day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because that just wears down the body too much and it wears down the mind too much anxiety. And again, even if we're not feeling like we're feeling anxiety, the pre the pressure to feel like you have to perform will bring that on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine is vigorously She's shaking head her head. There from the peanut gallery, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. For myself yeah. too, though. I'm like, yes. yeah. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm, I'm in the conversation. I'm comfortable. Whatever questions <laughs> you need to ask me to I thought get Emily, more to the bottom. I thought of. Emily was going to say so. Now I'm better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Got it. Thanks. Okay, Thanks. So I'll, just, I'll just fix a few less things a day. And I will be Thanks good. for the tip. <laughs> so the, 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 ne the next question here is um, how much are you getting maybe some of your personal affirmations from the external or things outside of yourself? Hmm. Um, like your source of feel good, I guess you could say. In a strange way, I feel like I am the only voice I really hear, and I self-inflate or self-deflate pretty easily. So when I'm feeling like the people around me are being critical of me or... um viewing me negatively, I become my personal cheerleader. Like I am self-talking of like, they don't know, you're good. You can do this, this and that. And I'm, I'm reaffirming myself. I'm not looking for other people to change their voices to start affirming me. I will boost my own confidence to then keep going forward. But then there are also days and many moments where despite other people saying, you're doing a good job. I am tearing myself down. 
So it's not consistently that I'm always, you know, my own worst critic, but mm-hmm. my, my view of myself is actually not that dependent on the voices around me Okay. in either direction. In either direction. Okay. So when you're doing that self pump up, that self cheerlead up kind of type thing, what is it that you're trying to do in that moment? Like what, what is the, the goal or the purpose? I, I mean, I get it's to mm-hmm. boost yourself up, but like, why do we feel like we have to do that in the moment when we're getting the critiques and things like that? In order to keep moving forward and to not stop and let the negativity make me fall and not get up. Okay. Now are we talking just in a physical sense, mental sense, emotional sense, like what emotional. sense? Emotional. Okay. Yeah. So are you trying to show that emotionally you can handle that or are you like trying to prove yourself as you're moving through that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So what is, wh- what happens at the end of the day with like you pushing through all of that and then like having energy, things like that? Um, I think it is, I'm trying to prove that I can to and who? to the people around me. So we're seeking the external affirmation then, right? Like you mm-hmm. tell me I can't do this, but I'm going to do it. Right. Yeah. And you don't owe that to them. Mm-hmm. Right? If you've, if you've got this naysayer, you've got this um, impediment, you don't owe it to them to show that like, I can do this all on my own. Like I'll show you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is almost kind of like a defiant streak with that. Yeah. Again, that can serve a really, really great purpose. But it's also like, okay, but what do I need at the end of the day? Not to show them, but what do I need to show myself? Yeah. Emily, yeah, can I, I ask a question? Uh-huh. Can I ask a question, Emily? Art, is it to show them? Or is it to prove yourself? I, I don't perceive you as somebody that's like trying to show other people that you can get it done and you're going to do mm-hmm. it out of spite. There might be some of that, but... yeah. It's not, it's not necessarily out of spite, but it, but it is so that, and it's not even like at the forefront of my mind, but in the back of my mind, it's almost seeing it all the way through to where that person is like, oh, I didn't think you could, but you did. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was, I was wrong for thinking that that bad habit was never going to change. You know, and these are close people around me, my husband, my parents, you know, that, and, and and I apologize if it seemed like I was moving toward that spite. spite oh. I pre- yeah, no, that no, answer. I picked yeah, that question. inappropriate word because right. I'm not a therapist. No, no, no. So. no but the, the thing is, is that based off that conversation, I could see where we were going with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of that is like, okay, I, I'm doing this for myself. My own needs is really where we want to bring that back to. Yeah. So if I'm being responsive to things, that's healthy. But if I'm being reactive to things mm-hmm. that are forcing me to act, that's where we need to kind of pull back and be like, okay, I'm focused on a lot of maybe other people's wants or maybe even a want that I have versus my actual need. Mm-hmm. The need is I just need 10 minutes to relax, take a breath. The question is, why don't we do that? Right? Like, yeah. why don't we do that thing for ourselves? And that, yeah. that's really what's helpful in that situation. Yeah. How do you define response Wait, versus, re- versus react? I'm taking a breath. Uh-huh. Response versus react. Yeah. yeah that's- they feel the same to me kind mm-hmm. of. Okay. So the way that I like to describe it is like, if it's, if it's a reactive thing or where it's causing us to react, it's like an, Oh crap moment. And it like activates that fight, flight, or freeze part of our brain. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I need to do this. I have to, I have to go versus responses like, okay, well, 
if I schedule this in, if I do this and this, then maybe we could accomplish this. Oh, do you want, I actually don't have time for this, so I'm not going to do it, right? Like we don't just re react to whatever is being said or what's being told. We're not just, um, we're not just like a, I don't know, just, just, just a, a reactionary creature where I'm- A robot. Yeah. Like a, I, I'm just- Like a would response have um, <clears throat> autonomy and associated with it? Like I'm choosing to respond like a decision to this behind it yeah. versus reaction is I That's have no choice. I am locked. I am I'm in being my controlled by this. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Because that would be the fight, flight or freeze system, right? Like mm -hmm. I don't have a choice. I have to do this, which that gets activated in our brains a lot of times because we feel the pressure, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the response is like, okay, like fight, flight or freeze is, saber tooth tigers coming at you <laughs> oh crap run hide right like i gotta get out of here mm -hmm. but if we're responding um and then there's a reason why it works but not every situation is a saber tooth tiger mm -hmm. so let's say yeah. we're going out in a safari and we've heard there's a saber tooth tiger out there sorry probably a bad analogy because they're extinct but whatever <laughs> but like we hear that there's one out there we don't need to be reacting that way and a response might be like okay well i'm going to protect me mine we're going to have a weapon we're going to find shelter we're going to do these things right that'd be more of a response thing well, and in a response, you're bringing your skills with you versus yes. a reaction is just what probably naturally comes out without any learned skill attached to it. It's just instinctual. It's just it's just straight up what's inside me, yeah, and you just go. Mm -hmm. Which, again, it serves a great purpose, but if that's the only tool we're using, we just can't survive that way. Yeah, and in those fight, flight, freeze, I do fight. And mm -hmm. so my reaction to the chaos is to fight it. Okay. Um, so how do we step back? Like, let, let's say, and, and not even giving a specific example on this, mm -hmm. what, what might be something just for you to think of just on your own right now? What might be something that would cause that fight feeling that kind of, <clears throat> that would kind of get that going? Mm -hmm. Um. If I feel unheard, misunderstood, assumed, or um, those things mainly. Okay. And so, what, so I, I just want to make sure I'm clear on this. So, when you feel like you're not heard, things aren't. I, I I'm not maybe given my space to talk or to do that, then that's when I feel this really kick on. Yeah. That's when I'll just talk louder. <laughs> if you're not listening. I'll say it again and louder this time. <laughs> okay. So one of those things right there to actually step back from that is just use a reflective listening skill. Hmm. So understanding that I'm getting a little bit heated. Yeah. Why? Okay. I'm feeling this because I'm not being heard. Hmm. So stepping back and actually asking the person, can you, can you explain to me what you just heard? So I understand that we're on the same page, right? Like mm -hmm. get them on your team at that point. Mm -hmm. So they have a chance to explain. And if they aren't listening, they're going to get caught in that. And, and it's not to do a gotcha moment. Sure. Or if they say, well, this and this and this is like, no, like that might not even be the point, right? Because they're not on the same playing field. And it's like, no, what I'm saying is this, this, and this. So we can get to the actual issue. So we don't fight around the issue, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We actually address what's happening in that moment. Yeah. And that would be just seeking clarification is like, okay, did you hear me? Instead of like, I'm going to speak louder. When people speak louder, all it does is like people get defensive. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. if that's, if the person is just going to speak louder and try and talk over you as well, probably not healthy in that moment to continue the conversation. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so it just be like clarifying, did you hear me? Mm-hmm. Explain back to me what you heard because I don't think we're communicating on the same page. Well, and that's so simple because then it removes feeling unheard mm. and brings into light, did you actually hear me, yes or no? And if it wasn't heard or wasn't listened to, then it, then it becomes fact and not feeling. And then you can have a conversation. Or you get that. to clarify. Yeah. 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 Which makes space for you being able to be heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, it's, it's a really simple way just for you to argue for your own self-interest in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Like if I don't feel like I'm being heard and, and even letting people around you know that, hey, I'm going to start trying to make sure that I'm being heard. I'm going to start doing this. So when we're talking, expect that maybe I'm going to have some questions. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And that's okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Questions aren't bad. You know, it's not always questioning. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is just questions. Yeah. Um, how? So one thing too, when we're asking those questions, and again, I'm not trying to put all the, just trying to force this on you. I'm just saying this is a good way for you to scale if this conversation is healthy or not for you. Yeah. Right. Um, one thing that you want to look at is how do I phrase some of these questions as reflective listening is also like talking about us together as a team using mm-hmm. we and us statements versus like you versus them kind of type stuff. So it's like, yeah. like, how do we understand this better? I want to understand what was said. I want, you, I want to understand, like, I want you to understand what I said. What was not clear? What can we do here? Mm-hmm. Like, what are we as a team or what are we going to do to make sure that we understand this? Yeah. And that can be really, really beneficial. Yeah. That's good. That's good language. How does someone, um, uh, figure out what their capacity is hmm. like what is a healthy level of um challenging responsibility versus kind of like what we were saying like what are some of the markers for knowing that you when might you, have signs of depression when do you know you're like, out of when gas? do you know you're almost at your breaking point yeah before you actually break and this is it's funny because i we talked about that ego meter thing yeah earlier and again this is just a it's a meta thought but it's a way for you to kind of track this um, if I were to say, like, draw like a little person of yourself right now, like, you know, just draw a person, whatever, and say, okay, every morning I wake up with about 90% of what I can take on throughout the day, right? Like, that's where I'm at. And then understanding, okay, what's the lowest I can get to before I just start feeling drained and wiped out? Mm-hmm. So if it's like 30, 20%, 40%, whatever it might be, then I always encourage people to not get there, right? Hmm. Stay healthfully above that because you don't know what kind of random event or something negative that could happen mm-hmm. that would drop you lower. Yeah. And as you start getting lower, what is something you're going to do to quickly refill the tank? Right. Like mm-hmm. what's something you can do now? Do you mind if I give you a personal example of what yeah. I, yeah. like for me, it's really simple. Like if I have a rough therapy session or maybe dealing with like some severe trauma from something like that, it does drain me. Right. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I'll go back to my office and I'll listen to a quick song something that like I just enjoy really quick and that's enough to kind of boost me up a little bit. Now, if I'm still feeling kind of worn out with some of those other things, maybe at lunch I'll do something like maybe I'll actually have a painting in my office that I'm working on. Hmm. So I'll take 10, 15 minutes, just putting a few brush strokes on that, doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Cause that recharges me a little bit, yeah. but we've got to be aware of that throughout the day. And if you're scheduling your day so much that you're always depleted, hmm it's harder for you to recover the next day. So the next day you only wake up with 80% then 70% yeah. and you're just yeah. draining faster. You yeah. have to recoup that in some way. 
Yeah. Does that I mean, help? I remember telling y'all, I, I was staying up later and later just so that the next day was further away. Because once I went to sleep, I knew that the next day was going to come. And I was waking up every day at half. Mm-hmm. So it took a lot less to get to the bottom of the tank. Yeah. But I don't I don't know yet what mm-hmm. what brings it back up without the whole situation changing and being fixed. So okay. how do I change it? Well, I hurry up and get through the end of this season of chaos so that normalcy that's on the horizon gets here sooner. I, I understand as I'm saying all this out loud, it, it's not a healthy way of thinking because if chaos is somewhat out of my control mm-hmm. and normalcy is in the future there somewhere, then for me to just think that I can power through you know, these five things in order to get there it's not setting myself up for success or really that long-term gain right and that that can be really hard because when we just seek benchmarks mm. all the time like, like normalcy benchmark kind of type stuff that's hard because it's in the distance and then we don't reward ourselves along the way that's going to drain us even more right so we need to have some sort of sense of normalcy or something healthy along the way it can't just be like well, I'll be good if I can just make it to here, right? Yes. And, and just like any long-term goal, like let's say it's to, I don't I don't know, like maybe go on a vacation or do these other things, like save up money for something, right? Well, that's all my focus is on. And then because I'm not getting it and we're eight months out, I just give up on it, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't seem achievable because maybe something happened. I had to spend a few bucks here, there, whatever it might be, right? But if we reward ourselves along the way toward that goal where it's kind of reinforcing that, we'll do much better because it's not just about the shiny thing at the end of the tunnel. It's about like going through that experience, living in that experience, not just trying to get to that point. Yes. Yes. That's where I'm currently living right now. Okay. All, so what Life was supposed to instantly be better once mm-hmm. we moved into this new house. Right. Well, we're physically in the new house, but everything's not done inside the new house. There's still things to unpack. There's still stuff to do before that magical feeling sets in. And and, and the thing is, is that's really hard, right? Because we have we put so much weight on ourselves to get that magical feeling or this want. And then sometimes because we might even be having that anhedonia I talked about, by the time we get there, we don't feel it. And it's so painful because it's like, I worked so hard to get here, right? And what we can look at is like, can you even celebrate just unpacking the one box for the day? Right. And that's okay, right? Like, because the only person who's telling you this has to be done a certain way and I have to get this magical moment is you. Mm-hmm. And if you can kind of shut that negative voice up in your head, yeah. right? This time to destroy you, yeah. you can be really, really beneficial. Yeah. Um, and, and then also, okay, maybe I didn't unpack the box today, but what did I do? Yeah. Right. Instead of demeaning everything that I accomplished throughout the day by saying, I didn't do this one thing. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just not being fair to yourself and it's not being fair to anyone around you because you're just being brutal on yourself. Right. 
And gosh, how many times do I say a day inside this refit building? Focus on what you can do, not what you can't. Celebrate the victories. Don't focus on the shortcomings. Like that is part of the foundation of our messaging here. But yeah, it is feels almost impossible for me to not just look at what's left rather than what has been accomplished at the end of each day. And so, yeah, then I just start to question, actually, am I just looking for fulfillment in all the wrong places? Like, let's say, I mean, I think, you know, this is commonly with, you know, weddings and any like gear up to like this big event and then it happens and it's like, okay, well now what? You know, and always just setting out for the next thing. So that that probably is my tendency is to just look at the the next big thing. And then once that's over, then there's kind of that that drop or there's that, oh, that's not going to, that actually didn't feel quite like I thought it was going to. Yeah. And it's this, it's this cycle of always building up the future. And then once I arrive there, it's less than mm. what I thought it was going to be. How do I stop continually setting myself up for my own disappointment. So long-term goals are fantastic, but we need to have some short-term rewards along the way. Okay. okay so that we can actually celebrate that and move toward it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big component to this. And again, conditioning yourself that it doing the big thing, it like always doing the big thing is not always going to be the biggest rewarding thing. Right. Because sometimes it might be for others and that's a big rewarding thing and that's great. Right. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to get that huge payoff for it for ourselves. Because maybe like, you know, Christmas is coming. I'll use this as an example, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's experienced this where maybe like a kid or somebody got them a gift for it. They weren't really excited for it, but you were super excited for it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, what the heck? Like, how dare you, yeah. right? But the thing is, it's, it's okay, right? Because you did the things along the way. Just because maybe it doesn't hit the mark or doesn't hit you the way you wanted it to, doesn't mean you did anything wrong. Yeah. You weren't waiting back. just for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, and a big piece again, what do you want to do along the way? What, what is, what do you want to celebrate on your journey? Right. And, and I, and I hear you say also, like, I promote this all the time at work. I'm doing all these things. Well, here's one thing too. We tend to condition ourselves one way at work hmm. and be different sometimes at home because it, it almost feels like we have to act like we're at work all the time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that doesn't really work out. I mean, we could ask my wife, like, she, she hates it when I come home. I'm still in therapy mode. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, this, yeah. this happened. Like, oh, well, how about it? She's like, oh, I don't need therapist husband right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, like I don't need that, but mm-hmm. we can actually still apply those healthy principles along the way, but we just need to kind of separate. Okay. This is me away from work and that's okay. Right. Like yeah. I, I don't just have to be focused on this one area all the time, just at work and not here at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jared. Is, is this helping at all? Yes. Yes. I, I'm going to listen to this <clears throat> recording back again and can I ask be able a to question? Wait, uh-huh. you have questions? She might need a little break. No, yeah. Yeah. It's 12, it's 12, 10. Emily had a few tears. So for, this is where I wish the Enneagram could be language that we all shared because mm-hmm. I know that those emotions in the form of tears are, mm-hmm. are hard fought for uh-huh. and are often <laughs> pushed down right so the fact they, that they don't make it to the them. top yeah so the, the fact that you provoke them jared means that something was unearthed yes yeah. yes and, and i think and just that me even just having the space to 
kind of be honest with where I am because my I, I want to be able to say, no, we're there and it's all good. You know, people, everyone in my life is aware that we were renovating a grandparent's house and we were going to be moving in. And so, you know, the question is, how's the house? How does it feel to be in it? You know, it is very easily met with. It's great. It's beautiful. I love it. It's just how I want it. I mean, and that is like partially true, but how, but, but my feeling Mm -hmm. behind it, how I feel at the end of the day when I'm there is not the ah, feeling that I thought I was going to get my head, my eye, what my eyes are seeing is, is a beautiful home that I'm still expectant of what is to come from there. But just having the space here to be able to just be honest was was helpful just in and of itself. And the reminder that focusing just on the future and thinking that just this reward awaits you at the end of it is not a realistic or sustainable way of a fulfilling life. And and one thing I would say too, and, and, and I understand that there's some high emotionality and I would want to kind of wrap that up because I don't want to like tear someone open and just leave them hanging. Oh, yeah. Hey. I I think one thing we want to look at is, okay, it's okay to actually let people know sometimes, yeah, it didn't go as planned. Mm. And understanding that you can open up that influence to other people and saying, and feel comfortable saying, yeah, it's great, but man, this has been really difficult just so you have an opportunity to be heard because one of the main things you said earlier is sometimes you don't feel like you're being heard. That kind of mm-hmm. creates that defensiveness, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you're fighting yourself on not being heard because you're not expressing that. Mm-hmm. So you just, I mean, every once in a while, if someone's, and, and, and maybe if it's like, you know, maybe not one of those conversations is a quick passing one, but if it's like sit down, things like, well, how are things? you know, it's, it's great. But, you know, we've had some struggles with this, this, and this, and just being able to actually let yourself be heard and let that out can be super beneficial. And make sure you surround yourself with people that can do that. And also, Make sure you have time for where you can do that, where you can sit down, you can go over those things. Wow, Jared, that's a good point. You can't be heard if you don't speak. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not being interpreted by the people around me. Okay, that's, yeah. That was subtly huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we all went more. (laughs) Offensively practical. (laughs) Yeah. My my only question, it wasn't a, I would want, if I was sitting in your shoes or next to you, mm-hmm. you said, <clears throat> Jared mentioned oil painting and listening to music. Like I was just being offensively practical and trying to think about in your season of chaos, mm-hmm. what are those things? Right. That's that, what you figure out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what can you do? Right. I, and I don't, I don't know, Jared, maybe you have suggestions, but <clears throat> that was just my only question. Yeah. That's what I was saying. The only thing I know to do is go unpack another box. Right. You know? <laughs> right. But like, what can I do in the absence of that, which is just that, which yes, boxes do still need to be unpacked, sure. but the, but the motive and the, but the reward thing for of that you, the, uh-huh. this is the thing for you, yeah. not for someone else. Something right. that fills your tank. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's what I need to figure out. But what I now know is priority to, mm-hmm. you need to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You get yeah. to do it. Yes. And, and that, and one thing that can be great about all of this, especially if we're going through some sort of transition, we now have the opportunity to be very free in choosing maybe like a new hobby or something else we can get a mental achievement in that's going to fill us up in that mental area, in that emotional area where we're getting kind of a payoff, mm-hmm. right? So you might go experiment something and you might hate it. Like, let's say maybe you went and tried 
like oil painting like I do. And it's like, this is garbage. Right? <laughs> I hate everything about this. Okay. Well, at least we can take off one thing that's not really working. Right. But you can look at some of those things and say, Hey, maybe I want to try this. Maybe I want to try these things. And it's a good time to reinvent so that we have those healthy things that keep us stable moving forward. So when um, life is getting tough, we already have another foundational block of something that's like, Hey, I can use this as a healthy way to cope, manage my thoughts and things because yes. I'm going to be able to get that outlet in a healthy way for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were a good journaler this okay. weekend staff meeting. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> well, oh, also, yeah. real quick on the journaling. Sorry. Sorry. One of my favorite types of journaling is um, body sensation journaling. So okay, say you more. Okay. <laughs> so draw, draw just like a, you know, round stick figure kind of type thing, mm-hmm. pick out a couple colors of negative emotions and, and don't, don't try and do too much. Cause then it can get kind of overwhelming, put some negative emotions, positive emotions, and actually color them in on both sides of your, like do like a front and a back color those in on where it's at, like where things are hitting you. And then it gives you a chance to understand this is where my stressors are coming from because you're mm. actually addressing the body sensation and then journaling off of that. And then what you want to do with it. Mm. Right? Yeah. I feel so, like you could do that. Yeah. yeah I feel like you would love so that. So does that look like your head, your heart aches or pains? Like, is like yes. very, very physically like coloring, like a heat map, actual spots of your body. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but I would pick out like, you know, maybe top, the human mind works good with three, five, and seven for some reason. Mm-hmm. So maybe three, five, positive, negative mm-hmm. type things and just kind of coloring that body and see what you want to do with it. And it's like, well, tomorrow I want to make sure I don't have red color in my shoulders, right? Because that's maybe stress, anxiety or whatever it might be. Yeah. Okay, what am I going to do to make sure that I'm addressing that physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually? Like mm-hmm. hitting up all parts of that body to kind of make that part well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that too. That's good. Time to get a massage. <laughs> hey, you got one. <laughs> yeah, that's what I tell my wife when my colors get really bad on my journal. I was like, see, I need to go get a massage, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what this means. <laughs> yes, Catherine gifted us a massage yesterday. There you go. Well-timed. Well, that was good. That was so that good. Was good. Th- Emily, thank good. you for... You're I, welcome. I know you probably hated me saying that, <laughs> oh, but thank I you. I did. <laughs> thank you for uh, and i appreciate the vulnerability i know this is hard and you're being very public about it and that's that's astounding and awesome that you're willing to do that because it, it can be a very scary process but yeah thank you jared you're very good at what you do you are okay my turn and we don't have a long time because i feel like i'm hungry and this is getting along um but i've, pre- I've prepared some notes Avoidance, what? Sorry. <laughs> i've prepared some talking points jared you can choose any of these things I okay so where you didn't think i was could even ask him a question you this is not you leading this conversation oh i'm just telling him here are all the paths we could go down <laughs> or if you don't want any of these you can choose your own you can start choose your own adventure anyway. based on your interaction angela's still leading this session first <laughs> I am giving you choices, Jared. Um, Okay. My bullet points are, number one, I'm worried I'm a narcissist. Number two, I have abandonment issues. I would like to explore that. Number three, I do have a little bit of a survivor mentality, which at times gives me a scarcity mentality. Um, I'm concerned I'm not a good listener and I lack empathy and I want to be better at it, but I don't know how. And sometimes I am worried I'm a sociopath. C.1. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final one is just kind of more a surface level thing. I'm worried that my lack is, 
my question a lot is, is my lack of discipline with things like sleep and how much I love to sleep, is that well-deserved or like well-earned? Is that okay for me to do that? Or is it a form of laziness? Because I also like to be very productive. You can okay. choose any of those or anything else. Maybe you they're talk all about. connected. <laughs> you just turn your phone around so he can remember what the first four options were. No, he was taking notes. Okay. I was taking them Yeah. So here's how I'd approach any of this. What is it that you want to address? Um, it's, not for my, it's not for me to choose. It, this is your life. This is your experience. Yeah, but you're the expert. So which one would you choose that might have a domino effect and cover several of those things? Losing like a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for the very first time. Like, here the are the things one, I'm willing to do with you. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that you emphasize that you actually want some direction on was the abandonment piece. Okay. Because you specifically mentioned that as you're talking about it, that's where I, that would lead me. Okay. But generally, I, I don't try and push an agenda one way or the other. Yeah. Is there anything you're specifically... What about you guys? Is there anything you would like for me to address? No, I think me being better <clears throat> means I'm better for y'all, too. I think it's important you answer the question. Which Out of those, which one feels most uh, pertinent or on, on the surface? Or maybe you're like, yeah, this is the biggest bang for the buck. Yeah. Which um, one's having the most impact in your life right mm-hmm. now? Okay. I think they might, might have been written in order of... Um, Priority? Not priority, but like biggest issue to smallest issue. Yeah. So we can talk about narcissism, my fear of being one, or or yeah, abandonment issues. We could talk about that too. Okay. Let's go big or go home. I actually want to know the definition of narcissist. Yeah. I think everybody is a little bit of one. And I feel like it's a word that is being thrown around a whole lot more... um, yeah. frequently now well he said there's a narcissist personality disorder which is different than being narcissistic yes. how do i know if i have the disorder <clears throat> okay so so i i will say this people can have symptoms of narcissistic personality disorder, but that doesn't mean they meet full criteria for diagnostic criteria for that and just just go off of this really quick the sociopathic thing definitely not <laughs> you, you, okay you just, you just wouldn't be able to function and it, like you're your sociopaths, like, they just view people as objects in the way of their happiness. So if you're not doing that, I think you're, you're pretty solid on that. Well, Catherine does say I am very <laughs> transactional with my relationships quite a bit. Okay. That's so, different. That, there's, there's a difference between how you invest with someone versus how they invest in you back and forth, right? Now, mm-hmm. as long as that investment is going back and forth in equal parts, right? Sometimes it might be 60-40, 40, mm-hmm. 60, 70, 30, sometimes as long as it's maintaining kind of a healthy balance. But if it's constantly like a 70, 30, where everyone's just putting in 70, 30 to you, that could be unhealthy. Okay. Right. Or vice versa. If you're putting in 70, 30 for someone constantly, and there's never any kind of variance in that, mm-hmm. that's not healthy. And that might be like, say someone had like maybe a loved one pass away. Right. Yeah. We're going to probably up that up to maybe 80, 20, 70, 70, 30. Right. But that shouldn't be like an ongoing everyday kind of type thing. There mm-hmm. should be some sort of kind of healthy balance going on back and forth unless it's highly needed, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so you, you don't strike me as that because I don't think you'd be very functionable. Um, <laughs> Not as a, a sociopath. As a Check. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sociopaths tend to be a little bit more isolated. They'll have, they wouldn't have long-term relationships because people get burned out with them really quick. 
Um, same thing with people with narcissistic personality disorder. People get burned out with them really quick and they only have friendships that last maybe three to six months, maybe nine months. Like it's just not a long-term thing. Well, thank God I have these two. We're still here. <laughs> As she says it like she's a captive. I don't know if that was very helpful. <laughs> Thankfully, Stuart. We're still here. Like, Kathy, blink twice. Yeah, like, blink twice. <laughs> Brittany, Brittany yeah. are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> well, the the narcissistic piece, I, I guess my first, my first question would be is like, what is the assumption that you are like, why, why is my belief system telling me this, right? Like what, what is it about you that's telling you this about yourself? Um, well, I know you probably don't love this answer, but I do follow a couple of accounts. Like, uh, who's the, who's the holistic psychologist? No, no. The other one that only talks about narcissism. Like it's her, she's a therapist, a psychiatrist or a doctor of some sort. Mm. And she's constantly, putting content out there about narcissism is this and narcissism is not this. And here's a narcissism spectrum where you can like plot yourself on this. And you know, I can't, I can't lie and say that some of the things that she says, I don't resonate with, you know? (laughs) So, so it sort of reaffirms or confirms some thoughts in my head. Okay. Now, one question that I have is we have this automatic thought process, and this would be kind of more in the CBT realm of things. We did a little bit more of like an act thing, by the way, Emily, just to explain the acceptance commitment type okay. style therapy. Okay. This would be more of a CBT realm kind of type question right now. I told okay. you. I told you when he's going to put our notes in the files that he's going to put Emily's in the mindfulness and I was going to go <laughs> in the CBT file. I said that CBT. at the beginning. CBT is also closely linked with mindfulness. Okay. So they're, they're both forms of talk. Yeah. Okay. The, the automatic thought or the belief system thing here is you're, we're looking at what we call attentional bias. So what is your attention that's bringing it to us? Now, anything that we focus on, we're going to amplify, right? So if you're constantly getting inundated with information about narcissism, narcissism and all these other things, we start assuming there's a little bit of us going into that just like anytime you read a story there's always probably someone you feel a little bit more akin to generally you know generally it's the lead person in the story because that's we like to feel empowered that way and those other things so if you've got a lot of attention a lot of your focus and your energy going toward understanding all of this yeah you're like okay and it might just be the most minute detail that we're like oh yeah that's me mm-hmm. okay is it all you right and that that's something be really, really cautious of because we get people to get on like WebMD all the time. Yes. I think they have every, you know, like because my toe hurts, I must be diabetic, dying of neuropathy. And <laughs> like, okay, probably not, but let's go get you checked out, right? Yeah. So, so tell me why your focus is on that attentional bias. Like, what, what is driving you to kind of focus on that? Um, <clears throat> I think because I, I'm surrounded by really good, kind, compassionate people and and to my left and to my right here. And so sometimes I see other people's compassion, like Catherine specifically. She's such a thoughtful person. She's such a considerate person. And some of the things that she does sort of instinctively to care for other people I often see that and wonder why I don't have that. 
And so then the thought process is, well, you don't have that because you're not others focused and you're not others focused because you're selfish and you're selfish because you're only thinking about yourself and you're only thinking about yourself because you're the largest, you're the main character in your own story. So that. Do you, do you believe that the behaviors you do are all instinctually selfish? Me, my, my behaviors. Um, No, I, no, I don't. I they feel very practical and they feel very strategic in terms of like running a family or running a business. It, it, is Catherine correct when a lot of my transaction or a lot of my relationships do probably feel very transactional? Yes, because it's sort of some like a captain running a ship. I kind of see this vision of where we want to go, whether that's the company or I have this vision of like how I want my family to run. So everybody's getting their orders and it's, it's not all, it's not all motivated selfishly. It is because I want to create easy paths to things. I want there to be things that are convenient and easy and the, the quickest path, the most efficient path, the most productive path because it does make my life easier. So if that's the selfish part of it all, yes, but it's also because I do believe this is, the best way to run the ship. Now, are you doing it only to make your life easier? Is that the only reason? I feel like it makes everybody's life easier. Okay, so you're doing some of these things because it helps other people and your family and people around you. A hundred percent. Yes. Do you sometimes take on the role of making some hard decisions where other people are not willing to make that hard decision? Every day. (laughs) Okay. So do do you mind if I pull the audience on that one? Because I'm getting some... Like yes. Meaning, Catherine what laughed. What was the question? Like I've, that she makes the hard decisions sometimes when sometimes people aren't willing to, or it can be kind of difficult. She's willing to just pull the trigger on it and go, whether it, whether it ends up good or bad. Yeah. Yes. For sure. Decisiveness is a strength. Yeah. Command, activating, uh, mobilizing, just getting it done. Okay. So you can see that as a strength. But she's viewing this right now as a weakness. Okay. Now, now I'm going to just jump back right into you, Angela. Okay. So is, do you view it as a strength? Yes. Okay. But I also know that it's probably exhausting to other people sometimes. And, and it's possibly, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not in, well, yeah, maybe enabling, Hmm. Like not helping make space for other people's voices, but honestly, at the end of the day, I probably don't want the voice. But yet, I know that everyone should have a voice. Okay, so enabling and also protecting your own self-interest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, like, so how do you feel that. when you're when you're put in that situation where you have to make that hard decision? How do I feel? I feel a lot of things depending on the context. Sometimes I feel annoyed that I'm having to yet again make it when I wish that sometimes other people could make it, but make it my way. (laughs) Um, Or make it with like the same logic that I would make it. Other Mm -hmm. times I feel very confident in the decision and I know that that from a role standpoint is my position I do feel like it's a strength and 
I'm happy to add that contribution um, because deciding things does come pretty easily for me. But then sometimes I feel unsure. I, I am not the top of the totem pole. I don't always know. I can make a decision. It does not mean it's always the right one. And the burden of wearing that responsibility for so many people all the time gets me back to that exhaustion place. So a lot of pros and cons there, right? So when one, on one hand, I get to kind of have some sort of semblance or control over kind of like how we kind of go about a lot of things, maybe with family, these other things. But on the other hand, sometimes I'm annoyed because it's like, why aren't people making their own decisions? Why are they coming to me for this? Like, I feel like they should be able to be able to do these things. And now I'm enabling. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate? Yes. And I think another word might be they feel too needy or dependent on me. But yet at the same time, I've created that. Okay. So and, and create insight on that, by the way, right? Because people that can be decision makers can actually have that happen to them a lot where because they're used to it. So people are like, okay, well, we'll just default here because it's all working out. Right. And the, the, the healthy thing to look at that we could, and, and again, I'm just asking you to kind of just think kind of introspectively on this. Do you ever find yourself becoming like the tyrant King, right? Like the monarch that's in charge and ruling over everything, or is it more, you gather a lot of data and you're not, you're not so authoritarian, but you're more authoritative, meaning like more of a mentor kind of type style, or is it authoritarian style where it's like, you do what I say or the highway? I would say in moments of stress and exhaustion and frustration, it looks more tyrannical. I okay. would say when I have more patience and contextually things feel more peaceful, I can, and again, I wish this we had Enneagram, I can swing into that two space where my decision is helpful to people and it does feel more compassionate to them. Mm-hmm. But again, it, it, it all goes back to context. And I can't say that's bad. It, there's been many seasons. It's been very imbalanced. Um, okay. So it's a little of both. So what do you, what, what do you, what do you not like about that? Like, why is that like a struggle for you? That you don't like feeling like the tyrant. It's good. You get to make all the decisions. Why is it a bad thing? Because I know it exhausts people and it exhausts me. Oh, so you care about others. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) Which leads me to believe that you're not so much that tyrant, but sometimes you're called upon to be so. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, if you can see that that's maybe a sense of stress or frustration, um, one way to look at this is like, okay, how can I be maybe more like King Arthur, right? Bring everyone down to the round table where we're all seeing everyone's opinions. Now, at the end of the day, you still have to make that decision after you're getting all that input and all that feedback, okay, you're still going to make that decision. But at least you're including and letting people be heard so you can kind of see all the options and opinions that are going along with it, right? Mm -hmm. And if it's a role that you're in, it's a role that you've been in, it's going to be hard to change that up. But also understanding if you can get a lot more feedback and things from others, you're going to be able to not maybe feel forced to have to make those decisions forever and all the time, right? It's not going to be like you have to do it. Yeah. And as you were talking, I was thinking through, because then this is how it connects to the survivor or abandonment or both, actually. I do feel like, um, love you, daddy. I don't even know if he listens to this, but I do feel like I had very absentee parents, 
very, my dad was super loving. My mom was Asian. And so there was this cultural lack of connection. But, you know, from my perspective, uh, I feel like I did a lot of raising of myself and and creating the boundaries and structure for my own world. Uh, My sister and I spent a lot of time at home alone. And so I also then stepped into the role of being her caretaker. So it's not just current day it's that for my whole life I think I have felt um I am the only one that can protect myself I am the only one that knows myself best I'm the only one that can save the world I'm the only one that I can keep people safe um and I think there are it's just what I've been what I've learned to do and it's it's a strength that has helped me survive the world but Who doesn't at some point want to go, I just want to be taken care of, you know? I just want someone to, like, intimately know what I need and what I want and do that and make me feel protected and make me feel safe and make me taken care of, make me feel taken care of. Yeah. There you go. Now, here's my big question with this, Angela. Do you let people do that? Do you actually go to people and let them know, I need this space, I need to be taken care of? Like, I need something here from you in this? No, because that feels vulnerable and weak. But you just told me you needed it. So what's what's wrong with it? It feels the opposite of strength. And I have built my kingdom on my strength. And so any any hand signal or sign of like, I can't do it or I need you feels so needy. And neediness feels very weak to me. Maybe is it just the phrasing of that, the the term needy? Because is it really being needy if it's going to help you accomplish your goals, be more connected to others? Hmm. And maybe what we're looking at is more as like, okay, maybe it's not so much as a needy thing, but it's a connection thing. Right? Like how am I going to be a little bit more connected to whoever it is in my life that I can feel that vulnerability to kind of expand. Right. Um, and, and that can be really tough if you're really self-reliant, like we, we, what we would call this in therapy is a core belief or a schema, right. Or a schematic. So schematic is a blueprint in how we do things. Right. So that's what they call them a schema. So if my schematic or my core belief is telling me, I have to always be the person who takes care of everything. I have to manage this and this because I'm this caretaker. Well, that's the role that we take on. So we start to expand that role to everything else, everything else in our lives that becomes hard because then we're always in that role. Okay. And Hmm. you can't always be one thing all the time Hmm. because there's multiple roles that we have to be in. Yeah. So what maybe, what would allow you to be a little bit more connected? What would maybe what's one little piece of vulnerability you could give up like today with whoever you want to connect with that you could say, Hey, I might need a little bit of this room. And you actually already did it, but you weren't aware that you said it. By the way, you, you weren't aware that you actually already confessed this earlier in, <laughs> in your talk. I did? Mm-hmm. What did I say? You're talking about sometimes Cappy does some things that you feel were that you want to be a little bit more apt in doing that. That was actually really vulnerable for you to express that, but it doesn't seem that way because you're talking very objectively, mm-hmm. even though that's a subjective thing. Okay. So how do you want to maybe even ask her about going about doing some of those things? 
if you really appreciate those and you care about those things, because hmm. then that could be a skill that she's teaching you, which would mean you're not the all knowing, all seeing because she's providing you information. And on top of that, you're even doing it right now because you're exposing yourself to everyone <laughs> talking about it with me here. Like you're already shattering this a little bit, but you're not aware of it because you're going about this very objectively. <clears throat> yeah. It feels less vulnerable to shatter it in front of, public versus like me and you you know mm -hmm. if it was just me and jared or just yeah um i don't know if this answers the question but when you were creating the distinction between neediness and connection that mm -hmm. felt highlighted to me because i actually can't express need but it often sounds like hey i need you to pick up the kids today i need you to take leroy to get a a shampoo and then we need to talk about where we're going on vacation in the summer you know so it neediness it's just in my head is more like strategic and planning and logistical those are tasks yes <laughs> those are tasks <laughs> now, here's the thing. it's okay i need you to help me but that's that's more of like here's what here's what role i want you to fulfill for me yeah that's i want you to do these things yeah. not I can need. say, like, I need time alone. But you're about to say the difference between need and connection resonated with you. Yes. For me to say to someone, I miss you, <laughs> <laughs> or like, I long to be with you, or hey, I want to make time to talk to you. <laughs> Very difficult. <laughs> or or even, even personally, like, hey, I. I need a hug. <laughs> so those are actual needs. So the language of you saying like to say you need something is what feels vulnerable, but connection is the expressed desire when to you, it's, it is the opposite because you use the word need very, yes, objectively like and task. task related mm -hmm. versus expressing that you desire connection. Mm-hmm is the more vulnerable ask yeah is that fair so how, and also Angela, how do you like to connect because that's a big deal because not everyone connects the same way i mean mm -hmm. we, this this idea has been out for a long time but like the love languages right yes like, none of those resonate with me if okay. i'm being perfectly honest i can choose yeah. one because those are the five but i feel like there's other languages that should have been oh, included. For sure. like food like respect <laughs> Yeah. But that, but here's the thing, but look at how you just talked about your life. Respect would be a huge piece of connection with acknowledging, mm. right? That would be like a connection as far as acknowledgement. Like there's a, that might be just like either a, I, I don't know if it's be better verbal recognition, maybe physical recognition of like a hug. Hey, thank you. Or like, I appreciate what you did for me kind of type stuff. Cause that can really be a quick hit with those things. And that is still doing that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like. I, I, and, and just speaking for myself, I'm a little bit more like that. Like I'm loyal, like a dog. If someone just pats my head every once in a while and scratches my back, I'm good. Mm -hmm. right? My wife's love language is gifts. So I really struggle sometimes because I don't do that very well. Yeah. Right. Cause I, I kind of miss, miss the boat on that. But if it's just like, Hey, people affirming this good way that you're doing these things, you're like, yeah, I know. Like I've got this, but still it's a way to connect. So also what are other ways you like to connect with people? Like we're we're going to go down this rabbit hole just a little bit. I like <clears throat> to be around people, you know, people I want to be around. But I, what does that mean? I love laughing with people. Okay. Just, so the socialization piece. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, what about laughing around people is helpful to you? I don't do it often. And so when it, when I get a good laugh, it feels so good. <laughs> Why don't you do it often? I don't think things are very funny. Um, <laughs> Does it have to be funny for you to enjoy it though? Mm. No, I, there are moments like with my family, I'm trying to think of specifically, but you know, moments with my family, like when we all are playing a game together, those, those moments are fun and enjoyable. And, you know, I'll have these sort of, um, what's out of body experiences where I'm like looking down at that moment. And I'm in my mind, like, this is it. This is a good moment. Like this is a memory I want to keep or a memory I want to capture. But, and, um, yeah, I feel that I feel like those are connection moments. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes it feels like I have to create them all, and that builds some resentment in my head. Okay, so let's go back to the abandonment piece. Okay, if I feel like I have to dictate the ways in order for me to be happy, that can be really stressful. So maybe I don't enjoy even some of those times building up to it because I'm not exactly happy how I wanted to be in this situation. <laughs> Um, there's a concept called the happiness trap, right? Like I have to create something a certain way in order for it to be, in order for me to enjoy happiness. And because it doesn't happen maybe in the exact way that I wanted or that I foresaw it coming, it's not happy, even though I'm elated, like dopamine, everything's flowing. I feel great. doesn't matter because it didn't actually happen how I wanted it to. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and why I say this with the abandonment piece is, do you feel you have to structure those things so that everything goes right? So people don't maybe walk away or engage in a certain way? Like do you, do you, you have to do like a setup in order for it to kind of come down like a big filter. So it's like, okay, I, I kind of know where it's going to be, where I can be taken care of in the situation or just so it all go well. Cause if not, then I'm not going to do it because if people are going to walk out on me, do those things, it's not, I'm, it's just not worth my time. Uh, let me give you two examples because I'm not sure I can connect with. And I know that was really loaded. I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. Like with my family, because I'm comfortable with them and because positionally my role, I can create those moments and, and get what I need out of them and not quite feel as much like resentment or being taken from or taken advantage of, or like, you're always, you're always depending on me to make all the fun times for you guys. And Y'all are never bringing any fun ideas. That I don't feel that way about my family. Okay. There are moments socially that, you know, in my healthy brain or my justified brain, it's like, oh, well, I'm just a gatherer. I, this is my role. I gather people together. They always come to my house and, you know, this is, I'm a hostess and I, I do these things. Um, but now, is it that people come to it or that you create the environment for it to happen? That. Okay. I, I create the environment for it to happen. Yeah. Again, not a bad thing, but again, it, that's a lot of pressure on you to be doing that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do <clears throat> like COVID would be a great example. You know, we had a little COVID pod and I'm not saying anything that these two don't know. And there were other members at the time, but you know, we kind of weathered that storm together and I did a, a lot of gathering for some people, probably too much gathering, but you know, we look back on that time now and it was such a wonderful experience. And, um, that took a right place in my brain. 
Like I loved, <laughs> it's weird to say, I love COVID. And my girls and I often talk about, like, we miss COVID. We want to go back to COVID times, you know? And so I feel really happy about the, the way that that executed. Um, but I don't always feel that way when I gather people together and it is disappointing in my world when someone can't come or it wasn't as fun of a time as I had hoped or I had to do a lot of work to get the conversation to be what it needed to be or people didn't show up with as much intentionality as I was showing or didn't match my energy or you know brought store-bought salsa instead of taking time to make something because these are the people you love and you know (laughs) just a lot of expectations (laughs) and the thing is is how do you how do you make sure that those expectations don't do you harm Hmm. Hmm. i i don't know well understanding that not every human being is going to view the situation just as you view it and not that it's okay, bad, neutral, whatever it is. It just doesn't. It just doesn't mean everyone's going to view it the same way. And if that expectation doesn't get hit, does that mean that they don't care for you? Probably not. But also not taking that in as kind of a personalized kind of type of thing. I think we did. I think we did some good work, Jared. Okay. <laughs> Do you? Catherine's looking at me with like <clears throat> compassionate eyes. <laughs> like, did you get out of this? What you helped? Well, I think, Jared, did you, were you going to say something? Did you have another question? No, go go ahead, and I'll I'll kind of formulate my thought a little bit better. Um, because we have had at moments there was a season, a second where. I don't remember how the conversation went down, but it was something about expectation. Like you were, you were, uh, cluing in to your own expectations being not out of whack, but high or intense, whatever you want, whatever word you want to use. And there was a second where I was able to say like, Hey, is this a, I just want to check in on your expectations. Like, are you, where are you with this? usually around travel, you know, really, really peaceful moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and I felt like that was, that was good. Not because I could, me or the host or whoever could meet all those expectations, but just to communicate them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, but that's where my um, skill ends. Is mm-hmm. I like, all I, I'm like, bloody, how are those expectations doing? Like, I, I'm not Jared. I wouldn't be able to say, and now here's the work that needs to be done. Uh-huh. Just how for you, I think we landed on this, you know, these markers and then depositing things into you. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to feel like you've, there's some sol- solid, like, and now. Take yeah, away. some <clears throat> skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Take away. So, and, and I think, part of this is we're still looking at that role, right? Like you had very high expectations of you as, as, a, as a child to take care of and do all these other things. And so it's not abnormal for you to expect like this level of like treatment, these things, because this is, this is my standard. Right. And I don't want people to deviate from that standard because that's not fair because I hold myself up to the standard. Right. Now, if your standard, like, obviously like we don't want to like drop a standard that's not healthy, right. Just for the whims of other people but also understanding, okay, this is my understanding and understanding that person in that context, right? 
and seeing like, okay, this is what this looks like. I can accept this or not. And then the question is, okay, if I continually have someone around me that doesn't live up to that, like a decent amount of that standard, I probably shouldn't be around them because the expectation isn't going to be getting there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, and that's okay. Um, But also making sure that it doesn't lead to the point where it alienates people. Right. So everything, everything in life is a double-edged sword. Right. Mm -hmm. So we can have standards, we can have values, we can have whatever it might be, but it can become harmful at some point. Right. Like exercise is a healthy thing, but if we do it way too much, it becomes unhealthy. Nutrition is a great thing. You know, like, and so looking at that, what is my, Hmm. apparently my neighbors are knocking on the door right now. Sorry. Um, What is the, if, if I have 10 points to my standard, right what are maybe three points I'm willing to sacrifice, Mm -hmm. but only those three, right. And being able to kind of work within that and just being upfront and honest with those things. Right. And that that can be really healthy as well. And I think one of those things that can be hard is you, you have these roles, you have these things, you have your expectations and there's nothing wrong with them, but it's also like if you're working with someone who doesn't have that expectation or doesn't have those things in their lives, you might actually have to build them up or even just kind of let it down just a little bit so you can get on their level so you can actually communicate. And again, nothing wrong with that. Would it be fair to say that in the same way that it's normalized for people to have standards when they're entering into the dating world, you know, and well, no, I, I am going to marry this type of person. This is my standard. You know, you hear single women talking about the man that they're, you know, trying to find, I, what I hear you saying is we have that same ability and should have that same approach to our friendships. This is the, this is my standard of friendships. This is what healthy friendship looks like in my life. And, and I'm not going to subject myself to this level of friendship when I actually am worth this type of friend. In the yes. same way of who we're going to commit our lives to as a spouse. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's the thing. And what I'm talking about, like maybe letting up on maybe like one or two, two or three, like standard kind of type things. I'm not saying like, let them take away from your values. Hmm. Right? What I'm saying is, is like, maybe they're not as motivated as I am, but they're at like a 70% of my hundred percent. I can work with that. Right. Or maybe they're not quite this. But if they're just like, they're not motivated, they don't do anything. Like I'm just giving constantly this relationship. Yeah. That's a no go. Hmm. Right. And we shouldn't expect that people will just conform to us just because we're doing things for them. Sometimes people will take advantage of that in a big, big way. What, what did you woo about? The last thing you said, the people are going to, we shouldn't expect people to conform conform to to us just because we're doing things for them. them. So probably take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. People like people, people like to let people do things for them. All the time. Yes. And I have the propensity to feel taken advantage of or taken from. So I think a boundary that I would need to either put in place or just remember is there is when am I giving or inviting or creating these spaces for friends, people, and family to the point that I then feel taken advantage of? Because then that would be an indicator that I've I don't know, given too much or given with too much expectation from others and not just from like the desire to love people. 
let, let me kind of wrap let me maybe wrap this up with an analogy with this thought k is so if i went to a bank right deposited a hundred dollars right here's my hundred bucks and they gave me like 110 bucks the first time right back like oh sweet cool i got some interest on this right go back to the bank the next time they only give me 90 that's weird put another hundred in they give me 70 and they go back and they only give me 60 they only give me 70 i keep doing this the question is why do i keep going back to this bank hmm. We're going back to it in hopes that are going to give us that 110 based off of that one time. And that's not healthy because we're just investing, investing more and more and more. We've got to get that back. And so if that's not happening, then that would be a good way to look at like, okay, I have my expectation. I'm going to get my $100 back at some point in this kind of scale. But if I just constantly just get taken from then I'm like, yeah, my expectations are going to be furious. I'm going to be upset. I'm going to have these resentments. Well, I, all I need to do is stop going to that bank and I'll be okay. Mm -hmm. So maybe not going to for some of those things that you're not getting the reinvestment back yeah or investment back to you or just saying hey i came in here hoping for 110 and you only gave me 90 so when can yeah. i see the extra 20, 20. <laughs> yeah and then when it doesn't happen you're like okay i'm not coming back yeah 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 that's good thanks jared yeah There's I, 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 do, I am concerned that you focus on that narcissistic piece so much. Careful with that because that attentional bias can really be detrimental. Going to unfollow that account today. Yeah, attentional <laughs> bias is like you have a fear of roaches and all you see is roaches. Yeah, right. yeah. And you're like, they're everywhere. They're eating yeah. me. But it's like you're looking for the roach. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right? Is that fair? Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and if I can, I'll send you a link of a video clip that shows it really, really well. That'll make you laugh. Like it's it's a really good way of explaining it. My my safety net has always been the fact that I care about not wanting to be a narcissist might prove that I'm not because I don't think narcissists care. You I think. also love animals and babies. <laughs> <laughs> That's helpful. <laughs> You're also like, like if, a huge advocate for people. Yeah, if you were if you were narcissist, there, there's no way you'd be in the room with those with these two right now. It just. <laughs> It wouldn't, it wouldn't work. Well, You're by force. So. <laughs> We're <best>. still here. Blink <laughs> twice if you need help. Yeah. Um, well, Jared, I so appreciate your time. I really think you're one of the most interesting humans I have talked to in a long time, which is says a lot because I talk to a lot of interesting people. <laughs> but um, I hope we get, we'll get to have you on again because I mm. – and maybe that's something we can set up a phone call for our listeners yeah. if they have questions about therapy or for a therapist. Maybe that could be another segment yeah. sometime. I, I know. Yeah, and I get to be Fraser Crane. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yes, that's right. We all – we went to a bathroom break a minute ago, and we all were like, he's so yeah. cool. Yes. We have so many questions. <laughs> um, so thank you for your time. I know um, – you know, time is something that you give and I appreciate you mm -hmm. giving this time to us and raising your hand and emailing in and um, letting us just brain hack you. And then Angela and Emily, I'm going to say it out loud. Thank y'all for being recipients of some therapy. Yeah. Was it as bad as you thought? No, because Jared made it great. Yeah. So there you go. That, that always, it sets a strong foundation. So yeah. Um, so just to wrap up, thank you guys for listening to this season of Finding Fit. And we just thank you for giving your time to us because we know that when you spend time listening to our episodes, you are giving up a very priceless, is that a yeah, very yeah. valuable, a resource. very valuable resource. Can't get that time back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we will see. Are, are we approaching season four? 
Is that what's coming? I don't know. I don't even know what season we're in. Okay. We'll see. Well, a new season will be coming out soon. As always, we will ask you to like, share, comment, review, whatever you can do to help support this podcast because it does take a lot of our time. And we would love to support you by continuing these episodes. So you can find us at Finding Fit Pod on Instagram or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you all. We love you. Bye.